Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and Liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Hello and welcome to Electric Liberty Land on this July 5th. I am actually recording the show on July 4th, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. I got barbecues to attend, you know, very popular guy. So popular, in fact, that I spent the majority of the day insanely hungover having drank too much the night before, at another barbecue, played a little uh, little drinking games. Buddy of mine's a Swede, so he was having this uh, late summer solstice party, drinking Aquavit. My God. My God. If you want to pit your brain against your skull in a battle of will to see who will be emerge victorious, drink Aquavit. Because really, I mean, I barely slept at all. My brain was just pounding the inside of my skull. Just uh, just really desperately trying to escape. So, anywho, a little bit rough today, long story short. Uh, anyway, what, what, but welcome to the program. This is Electric Liberty Land, episode 27, which means you can find it at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL27. And guys, I want to remind you to please visit our awesome sponsor, martinarmory.com. They've got a fantastic selection of guns, but only the top 25 that you're going to want to buy. And that, basically focusing in on those specific guns, allows them to give you absolutely ridiculous, crazy, insane prices. So please check that out. You can use our code LIONS for free shipping. They, uh, they've been good to us. Be good to them. Circle of life. All right. So first thing first, I want to talk about since this is July 4th. Uh, you know, it's one of those things I'm 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 leaning back. I'm enjoying all of the hipsters, seeing all of the damn hipsters uh, here in Los Angeles, just decked out in all their flag attire. You know, it's like they go out of the way. It's always a competition to see who can wear the most ridiculous flag themed outfit. So you see chicks in spandex flag pants. You see guys also in spandex flag pants and, you know, just living it up. But the thing that always bugs me is you see all these people. This is just in general too. all these people that claim to love America. They claim to say that, you know, well, this, uh, you know, th- this country is fantastic, but it's also just the worst. Just, uh, you know, there's so many problems. Look at all these, all the misogyny. Look at all the, all the, the patriarchy. Look at all the problems we have with, with minorities. And, you know, that's all well and good to, to try to, to poke holes in what America is. But you think this one day where we're supposed to celebrate our independence, where we remember what, you know, where was this country founded on? It was founded on freedom of expression, freedom of religion, freedom from this massive government that we now have. I mean, the country was founded because we were sick of a government controlling every single thing, taxing the living hell out of us. So we rebelled against them. And all of these progressive people now that are out there, all these hipsters that are uh, proudly wearing their flag spandex pants are now pushing to put us right back where we were. And in the meantime, they're the ones, you know, like Antifa, they're the ones that are now violently trying to rebel, that are hashtag resisting against President Trump. Despite the fact that, I mean, really, that what has the guy done that's, uh, that's so awful to anybody when you actually look at the results other than tweet some stuff? But it's just, it, you know, it really, it really does bother me, though, that people want to change America so much and, and you forget, okay, 
this country became great for a very specific reason. And that specific reason was that we did have free markets, that we did keep our nose out of so many foreign entanglements, that we did allow people to start businesses and grow those businesses. And we didn't have all of this government infrastructure in place that served really to slow business down, to regulate it, to take taxes out of it, to put all of this red tape in place where you can't get anything done. But yet, everybody just wants to change it. Because everybody, because God, you know, the rest of the the world, all these other developed nations have socialized healthcare. Oh, how how dare we not? It just it it drives up the damn wall. So happy Fourth of July, everybody! Please do not forget what you should be celebrating on this wondrous holiday, which is our our people overthrowing a over complicated, overburdensome. Uh, terrifyingly violent government that was quashing all of our freedoms and liberties. So remind yourselves. All right. First things first I want to talk about here is the Trump tweets. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Trump's tweet. So he tweeted out at uh, Mika Brzezinski and uh, God, I, I, you know me. I'm the worst with names of, of anyone really in the world. But anyway, his tweet at Mika, which I actually thought was very funny. And was in response to her essentially making fun of his little hands, which I guess he's sensitive about. I don't know. But she made some dumb comment on their morning show, uh, you know, Scarborough Country, wherein she had said that Trump's got little tiny hands. Basically said it just like that in the sing-songy teasing way. And Trump, you know, (laughs) if there's one thing we know about Trump, he does not have thick skin. He is a guy that once you take a jab at him, even if it's a tiny little something, he cannot let it go. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if you <laughs> somebody could go and take a dump on one of his cars, and he's got, he's going to come to your house, have four of his butlers take a shit on each one of your different automobiles in your daughter's bed, etc. That's like the Trump way. He is a he is quite a counterpuncher, and he you know he finds that his tweets. He's very proud of his tweets and the effect they have. So of course he tweets out <laughs> at at Mika and basically saying that she was at Mar-a-Lago with Joe. And they were going to do an interview around New Year's Eve or something like that. And that she was, quote, bleeding badly from the face from a facelift. That's basically what he said, which I thought was pretty funny. I mean, look, if we're being completely honest here, take a step back. Really, it's a pretty funny comment. (laughs) It evokes a very humorous mental image of her sutured face, you know, barely holding together, trying to do an interview. It's comical. And... Of course, the immediate response from all of the Democrats and all of the feminists and anybody that's got an issue with Trump is to say, oh, my God, what a sexist, misogynist this Trump is. I can't believe it. Can you believe that he would say such a thing about a woman in the media? Meanwhile, is it sexist? No, it's not sexist. He's just making fun of her. He's making a joke because she's had a lot of work done. And you know what? If it was a guy that also had a lot of work done, I'm sure he'd make the same joke about the guy. Like, it's, a, it's completely irrelevant, but there's nothing else to latch on to. So this is like the fallback is, okay, well, now we good. We've got something else we can call him sexist on. CNN's got four things, four days of crap they can talk about now. So they're going to jump all over it. But the one thing I will say I have a problem with in regards to Trump's tweeting and this specific tweet is that while I'm a fan of presidents uh, expressing themselves, I guess I'd rather have them be more open than more secretive, uh, a la Obama. But... It is very unpresidential. And I will say, I think it, you know, one of his, uh, Lindsey Graham, I think maybe, had said that it was beneath the office of the president to uh, to engage in that type of thing. And I do agree with that. 
Um, you know, I do feel that you, if you're the leader of the most powerful nation on earth, you probably should have a little bit more decorum and you should let things slide off your back a little more. And this is something where, you know, it, while I laughed at it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for Trump. doesn't look good for the nation. And really focus on bigger issues. You know, why are, you shouldn't be distracted with all this little crap, this, this little pitter patter back and forth between the two sides. Focus on big stuff. Focus on some of the promises that you made. Focus on this Obamacare debacle, trying to get this thing uh, repealed. And God knows, I hope it doesn't get replaced with the piece of garbage that they put out recently. But still, you know, I, that's one of the things that really bothered me about Obama as well. I thought Obama, while he was a charming individual, I think we can all agree with, although I, I, I guess charming and also a grating fashion. But I just thought it was truly sad that the guy's going on all these like YouTube you know, videos that he's going on all the late night shows that he's on between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis, which is a show I enjoy. It's a funny, funny or die thing. But should the president be on it? It's like you're debasing the office. Why would people respect this office if you're clowning around out there, if you're going on all these late night talk shows and making an ass of yourself willingly or not? So people need to get past this tweet stuff. That's it. That's all I wanted to say about that. It's just, you know, there should be a little bit of uh, of clout about the office of president. That's why, you know, Gary Johnson would not have been a good president, just like Trump is not, because Gary Johnson is in no way, shape, or form somebody that you will respect and that you consider presidential, that you could see sitting down with world leaders and actually hashing out some sort of treaty, a peace treaty, or making a decision to go to war. And you say, okay, you know, I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with Johnny Tongue sticking out, making all my decisions. By the way, Gary Johnson's coming back. <laughs> Can you believe it? In a shocking and terribly, terribly tragic turn of events, Gary Johnson has announced people that he will be returning because he feels that the Libertarian Party is in such a state that, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. So he's going to come back. And I guess he, I don't, I don't know, is he, does he think he's going to be a savior? Because he's coming, he said he's coming back ready to fight policies that are insane, nationalistic, and doomed to fail with, uh, with this new Our America initiative, is what he's calling it. Now, on several levels, <laughs> I got a question what the hell he's thinking and why he would do this. It's not like he went out on top, beloved. Basically, within the Libertarian Party, I think the majority of us feel that he did. And I'm not even in the party. I'm small L. But let's just say you know, I voted for him nonetheless. But I don't think any of us would really say, OK, you know what, Gary? You gave it your best shot. You made us look better as a party. So kudos. Please come back and take a line right right at the front of the line. You know, that's there's nobody that's that's opting for that. In any any way, shape, or form. I mean, Bill Weld, thank God, has faded off into nothingness. I mean, I thought I, I literally hope that, like, just like the never-ending story, he has been eaten by the nothing. I hope he no longer exists in any way, shape, or form. Atomized would be too good for Bill Weld. But Gary Johnson, again, coming back, you're going to start this Our American Initiative. What are you going to do? You're going to go on a tour around colleges, smoke up with the peoples there. Like, what what do you really hope to achieve? You're just going to be you end up going to be becoming another resistant movement just lumped into all of the other ones. And who's going to be jumping on board Gary Johnson's Our America Initiative train in the first place? I mean, it's not like when you see a guy going into the World Series and, you know, it's like you're, all your hopes and your prayers are with this guy and he gets up to the plate and he just strikes out 
whiffs on everything. You know, he's swinging at balls well outside the zone, and he gets booed. It would be like if the city of Chicago had put Bartman out as their front-running guy, the guy who caught the foul ball that they all got pissed off about because they uh, they said it would cost them the World Series or it caught the home run ball. So it's like that. Like, no one's going to support that jackass after he completely screwed over your World Series hopes. Like, Gary Johnson ripped the heart out of every libertarian where he said, you know what? We might have a shot this year. We got two complete scumbags. So maybe this year we can make ripples. And Gary Johnson went out there and completely tarted it up. Looked like an asshole on national television over and over again. Couldn't, Couldn't get his foot out of his mouth to save his life. And yet he's the one that we've been just waiting by the phone. Just kicking, you know, kicking our heels up, waiting on the bed, just staring at the phone for Gary Johnson to call. Like, give me a goddamn break. (laughs) No one's, no one's waiting for you, Gary. The lights are off. We're all lying on the floor of the house like we didn't buy candy on Halloween and we don't want the children to egg us. That's a, that's you. You're knocking on the door. We're like, everybody, get down, get by the couch. Because Gary Johnson, goddamn Gary Johnson won't go away. Oh, stay gone, Gary. Nobody wants you, man. Absolutely nobody wants you here. All right, next thing I want to get into real quick. So Dennis Kucinich is ripping his colleagues because there's... This is, this is so ridiculous, this story. So there's a uh, a guy, one of these senators. Hold on, I'm going to find his name. Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat from Maryland who he's trying to rally support for a bill that would essentially create a commission that would oversee uh, (laughs) assessing the mental health and ability of the president. And Kucinich said, and he's dead right here, that this is just a political statement. It's it's a a pretty cheesy one at that. I mean, talk about the the cheesiest attempts to try to overthrow or undermine a president. We're going to put a board together, a commission together, just to examine you and make sure that you're not going nutballs. And of course, this is all the smokescreen because no matter what, you know that commission is going to find that he is uh, inept because it's going to be handpicked in that way. So Kucinich is railing against it, rightly so. And this idiot, though, I mean, basically, he he. <laughs> so here's what it would do: it, it would establish an oversight commission on presidential capacity, tasked with carrying out a medical examination of the president to determine whether the president is mentally or physically unable to discharge the powers and duties of office. So whether this commission finds a president's temporarily or permanently impaired by physical illness or disability, mental illness, etc., cetera, uh, they can basically remove him from office and then the vice president will take over. Which, again, I don't get why people think Pence would be better than Trump. I mean, really, Mike Pence arguably would be more adept at the actual legislation side of things. So he probably would get more done and be able to force through more of the GOP standard, more of kind of the neocon standard, I should say, and more of this religious shit that uh, that drives the progressives nuts. He'd be able to get that organized and pushed through much more effectively than Trump would. And he would prioritize that where Trump really has not prioritized a lot of this stuff. You know, Trump's not going after the abortion side of things where Mike Pence might. So all these progressives that are trying to remove Trump from office, what are you thinking? I mean, you got a guy, Mike Pence, he's you know a record of anti-LGBTQ 
uh, opinions. They're not anti, I should say, but you know, definitely not in favor of trying to protect their their rights and going out of his way to to go for you know and put the transgender bathrooms back in place. I mean, this is a guy that really people should hate far more than Trump. It's based on a long track record as well, where Trump basically had nothing. So you don't really know what you're going to get. So, I mean, Pence is essentially Trump assassination slash impeachment insurance. And yet we still keep seeing these things come out, which maybe, I don't know, maybe Trump's been so effective in rattling them that they just can't get over it. But, you know, this bill, it's another example. Just like I said, Trump needs to move on from these tweets and let stuff roll off his back and get get to, like, get to what's important. These, these idiots are putting this bill out. You wrote a bill, your office. You're, I mean, people put you in this seat to go after and protect their rights and what they want to, to legislate for and to, to push for, to protect them and better their lives. And you waste your damn time putting together a bill that would create a little committee that would make sure that the president isn't going crazy. I mean, talk about partisan hackery that does no one any good at all. Just so stupid. Like, get, Focus on important stuff. Focus on whether or not I agree with it. You could be putting the bill together that could that could lower taxes for your state or could uh, you know enhance Medicaid benefits or whatever you want to do for the lovely people of Maryland and their crab cakes. You should be doing that. Don't put together a bill that's going to you know, basically put together a bunch of bunch of, uh, of hacks that are going to talk to quacks. Hacks and quacks. That's what the bill should be called. Hacks and quacks that are going to say, oh, President Trump is clearly crazy. He's loco in the noggin. It's just uh, so stupid. So good on Kucinich, even though Kucinich is kind of cuddly with Trump anyway. But good on him for calling this crap out. And really, there should be many, many more people that call this out as well. I mean, this is something that unanimously the Democratic Party should have stood up and said, you know, this is not a good look for us. This makes us look petty. It makes us look just uh, as though we'll do anything to undermine Trump. And again, you don't have your best interest of your constituents at heart. Just sad. I mean, the whole thing is just a, a sad and awful state of affairs. But you know what's not a sad state of affairs? Martin Armory. Here's a little word from our sponsor. I firmly believe one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones is to own a firearm. But for a lot of people, buying a gun can be an overwhelming process. There are just so many options and not everyone feels comfortable walking into a gun store. Well, our friends at martinarmory.com are doing their part to change that. Martin Armory was founded with a simple goal to make buying a gun simple and affordable. Instead of carrying thousands of different guns, martinarmory.com only carries 25. This allows them to focus on providing the most popular guns on the market at insanely cheap prices. And now for a limited time, their prices are even more insane as martinarmory.com is offering Lions of Liberty listeners free shipping. Simply go to martinarmory.com, pick an awesome gun, and enter the promo code LIONS. Again, that's martinarmory.com. The promo code is LIONS. All right, we are back. So, two things I want to talk about, and then we'll wrap this show up. Like I said, it's going to be a little shorter episode today. Uh, first thing, I want to talk a little bit about this healthcare breakthrough that they found, and it's regard to cancer. Basically, some people at the Johns Hopkins uh, Oncology Center, I guess at Johns Hopkins University, um, they have found that a combination of two different drugs, which are both already approved and are uh, so so basically, I say that because you don't have to go through FDA to get these drugs, which is awesome. But they're called toc. I'm going to mess this up. Tocil tocilizumab. 
and rolls off the tongue that name, great naming guys, and Repax, Reparaxin. And essentially what happens is they take these two drugs and they combine them in whatever proprietary uh, manner they're doing it, whatever portions it is. And they found that they inject them into the body and these drugs actually combine to stop cancer cells from metastasizing. So what that is, is if you're not familiar with how cancer spreads in the body, basically cancer is bad, right? But cancer is way worse when it starts to break off and the cells start to spread because that makes the cancer grow far larger. That spreads it to different parts of the body. And that's when you go from being just kind of screwed, but you might make it to really screwed and you've got a long uphill battle that you probably are not going to win. So they found that this basically these drugs combine to stop the spreading of cells, which is a massive and major breakthrough. And because these are both FDA approved already, they don't have to go through the process. So this is something that can like basically once they get it down to a quote unquote science, then they can start to actually use this treatment. Now, if you're familiar with death rates in the United States, you'll know that heart disease is the number one killer that kills something like uh, a little bit over. 600,000 per year and cancer is right behind it and kills, you know, 500 some thousand a year. So, so basically you would not, if you're not curing cancer completely, but essentially what this would do is you're going to stop the spread of cancer, which means it's going to increase survival rates for people that have cancer by, I don't even know, tenfold, thirtyfold, fiftyfold. So essentially what's going to happen is you're going to take out one of the main reasons for people dying just, just like that. Almost overnight, you're going to see that drop precipitously. Now, why is this so important? Here's why. Because when you think about healthcare, basically, everybody thinks the same thing. I mean, the argument for why you want health insurance is you go, well, what if I get cancer? Because cancer is the one thing where, you know, heart disease, you get a heart attack. Okay, that happened. You go to the hospital. You might live. You might not. But really, there's not a lot you can do about that. A lot of that's genetic. A lot of that has to do with lifestyle choices. So, you know, you could have best health insurance in the world, but your heart gives out. Your heart gives out. Cancer, on the other hand, you're going through months and maybe even years of treatments, very expensive treatments. You're in the hospital constantly. You could be in the hospital in hospice care for a long time at the end. I mean, you could, you really, that's where you could really rack up an enormous amount of money. Now, I don't want to get into the causes of why health insurance is so expensive on this particular program. Um, you know, I've done that in other shows, but I just find it interesting that we've got this medical breakthrough. And it comes at an exact point in time when America is at a real crossroads when it comes to socialized healthcare, because you've got this big push. You know, you've got Obamacare already out there. You've got this—I uh, can't remember the BHCA plan from the senators, uh, the GOP side of the Senate, which is a piece of garbage, which basically changes nothing as well. You still have all the pre-existing conditions, of course, which cancer is the most expensive pre-existing condition. So, as this comes out, really. You could make a pretty big argument that there would be less than a, than ever for a need to have socialized healthcare because you're taking one of the biggest killers off of the plate. You're taking you're basically cutting it in half or more so and saying, okay, now we're going to extend it. So now instead of having people that are going to be dying from cancer, five hundred thousand, uh, whatever it is, a year, they're going to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on chemo and all these other treatments uh, for you know months and years on end. You've now got a treatment where they're going to inject you with it. They're going to put you on a, you know, whatever it is, or maybe it's an oral. I don't know, but they're going to put you on it. They can hopefully cut the cancer out and then boom, you're done. It's basically, 
It's probably like a month-long treatment once they find the cancer. So with that in mind, the argument is even stronger that we do not need a socialized healthcare in place, which is going to put all these people on a massive coverage system, and then we're going to find out that we don't need it. Or that the you know the main push for it is now come down. So all those pre-existing conditions and all these people that weren't going to get coverage before, that's now dropped even further. So now you're really going to have a tiny, tiny minority of these of the people that are really what this service is, is catering towards. And again, those people now, if you take all of these, you know, all these massive amount of cancer people out of the pot, now there's even more ability for private charities to cover these people. So long story short, root for this treatment to get put into place is, you know, as soon as humanly possible, because it really strengthens our argument that socialized healthcare is not needed, that there's a better way with the free market, especially when you can take these people out of the equation. So you don't have this massive amount of the population saying, oh, but... What if we get cancer? All right. Last thing I do want to hit on real quick is foreign policy. Excuse me. I just burped a little bit there from my beer I was drinking. Because <laughs> you got to keep the buzz going, guys. Otherwise, you just crash. Got to keep it going. So last thing, North Korea fired a successfully fired an ICBM, according to multiple sources. So everybody is uh, in quite a tizzy over this. At this point, I you know we're still waiting to see what reactions are going to come from Trump uh, in regards to that. Hopefully there will not be military actions coming from that. Cause I know China and Russia have already stepped in and they're trying to uh, basically, you know, finally they're, they're trying to get in North Korea's face and be like, no, 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 you got to knock this off. So what they're proposing, as far as the latest that I read was that North Korea suspends all of their nuclear testing, all of their missile firings and the U S and South Korea will cease doing military exercises in that region so that they're not, nobody's poking anybody's bear basically, which is fine and good. I, I, I hope that's, I hope that'll do it. My greatest fear is that you know, Trump's going to do something that's going to further, you know, rile up North Korea. I'm really hoping he doesn't decide to go with any sort of military option to try to hit their nuclear facilities. Because I've said it before in the show, there's no good outcome for us, for America in this. Uh, what's going to happen is that North Korea basically knows they're going to lose. Uh, if it comes to a military battle between the U.S. and North Korea, they know that they are outdated. They know their military, while large, does not have anywhere near the technological, near the firepower, near the resources that America does. So it would be a very one-sided fight. But at the same time, North Korea is dug deep, deep, deep into mountains. And they've spent you know the last 25, 30 years building fortresses in this very rocky countryside and in these mountains so that they're going to be hard to get to. And at the same time, they do have nuclear capability. So what are they going to do? They've got a hopeless war. You've got a regime that would be faced with losing all of its power. They've already shown they don't give a shit about their people. You know, those people are are barely surviving as is. So what are they going to do? They're going to go out in a blaze of glory. They're going to make sure that they absolutely decimate South Korea. They're going to kill all of our troops in South Korea. And who knows? Maybe they'll launch their... I mean, how many, really, how many ICBMs can they have uh, is the question. I, I, I doubt it's that many. Um, so maybe we can shoot down the six that they, they tape together. But still, you know, who knows we're going to shoot those things. I still doubt that they can hit us with one, but they can hit somebody else. You know, and at that point, they have nothing to lose. Who knows where they're going to go after? So this is one of those situations where you just really keep your fingers crossed. Hope that Trump is listening to some of his more... Uh, 
level-headed advisors when it comes to North Korea and that we won't find ourselves embroiled in yet another war or fiasco completely across the world, which we really should have no concern about whatsoever because it doesn't impact the daily lives of Americans in any way, shape, or form. Um, (laughs) North Korea really should be something that nobody is thinking about in America at any point in time, except that, you know, We've been mucking around over there just like we do everywhere else in the world. So that's it, guys. I apologize. This show's a little rambly. Uh, <laughs> going off literally one hour of sleep because, God, I woke up from that Aquavit with a headache that was just unbelievable. Took Excedrin at four in the morning. That's so bad. Excedrin chock full of caffeine, then tried to go back to sleep. Tell you what, didn't work. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, not a great tactic. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it. So please do follow me at Brian McWilliams on Twitter. Follow at Lions of Liberty. Join us on the Facebook forum. Just type in Lions of Liberty on Facebook. It'll pop right up. If you don't look too crazy, we will let you in there. Again, guys, this has been Electric Liberty Land episode 27. You can find that at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL27. And big news, there will be a new Electric Liberty Land t-shirt in the store very, very soon. A lot of you have been ha- you know, kind of haranguing me for not having one. So don't worry. I have listened to you, and I will be responding to this. Oh, you know what? I forgot one thing. Probably everybody's already stopped this podcast, but I did want to mention one more thing that I forgot, and that is this skullduggery that the Young Americans for Liberty polled where, and again, I, I apologize because I forgot I was going to talk about this. So I'm, I'm just vaguely remembering, but I think it was in Michigan. So the Young Americans for Liberty they had this group where they said, oh, hey, we want you guys to be liberty activists over the summer. And they got a bunch of them, to, like you know, 300 of them or something like that, to volunteer to be, quote unquote, liberty activists over the summer. And they were going to get liberty, liberty camp and liberty training and all this other liberty, uh, liberty out the ass, I think is the name of the camp. Uh, it's an old Indian name. So anyway, they con these people, these young college students from Young Americans for Liberty into coming out to Michigan for what they they think is going to be this liberty camp. And they end up shilling for a guy that's running for governor there. This like scumbag, GOP scumbag that is all just steeped in crony capitalism and all sorts of underhanded dealings and nothing that you would say as a libertarian you'd want to support. But these pieces of garbage that rung Young Americans for Liberty piped all these volunteers out and basically just had them marching in the streets with him. They were doing photo ops with him so he could show that he had this big support from these young people. I mean, talk about underhanded, scummy garbage. So if you are a young American for liberty, I highly encourage you to ditch that organization and find a better one because that is purely unforgivable, selling out your basic principles Selling out your you know, people that believe in liberty and chucking them in for this GOP piece of dog shit. Just awful. So that'll do it. There you go. Wrapping it up. I will link to that in the show notes, by the way. I'll find the story. So if you want to read more, I will link to that. Again, at lionsliberty.com forward slash ELL27. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me, Brian McWilliams, for Lions of Liberty. And from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to liberty.